Well, welcome to Vision Sunday. I'm very excited about today, and I want to ask you this simple question, and it's this. What is the most important thing you can do with your life? What's the most important thing you can do with your life, your time, with everything that you have on earth in the short time you're here? What's the most important thing you can do with your life? Some of you might be saying, I don't know, maybe it's to love God or follow God. And if that's you, you're absolutely right. Scripture makes it clear that you are not here just to do a whole lot of, you know, tick a whole lot of boxes with your life. You're here for a relationship with the living God. The most important thing you can do with your life is love God. But what if I asked you, well, what's the second most important thing you can do with your life? Like, what's the second most important thing you can do with all your days and all your time and everything God's given you? What would that be? Well, interesting enough, they asked Jesus this question more than once. And Jesus gives an answer very clearly what that would look like and what that would be. And one of the places he asked, answers this question is in Matthew chapter 22. And we're going to read this from verse 36 where it says this. They said, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Like, like what's the most important thing to get out of this book? Jesus like, well, what would it be like? What's the most important thing that I should do with my life? And Jesus says, as I've already said to you this morning in verse 37, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. So the number one thing I'm supposed to do with my life every day is to love God a little bit better, to know Him a little bit better, to spend more time with Him. This is the first and the greatest commandment, but Jesus doesn't stop there. He says here in verse 39, says, and a second is equally important. Everyone say equally important. Jesus says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. He says, the entire law and all the demands of the prophet are based on these two commandments. In other words, if you wanted to summarize this entire book, you can do it in two sentences. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's it. That, that's the entire, you want the cheat code to the Bible? You want to be able to like put the whole Bible into a tweet, into 140 characters? Here it is. Love God. Love people. You know what it's all about? Loving God, loving people. Like that's it, love God. Like, guys, this is all about love. It turns out it's all about love. Our life is all about love. Godliness is all about love. Christianity is all about love. Hey, give yourselves a hand, you got it. It's all about love. It's all about loving our neighbors. Under loving God, that is the most important thing we can do with our life. Love, and, and this term neighbor doesn't mean the guy living next to you, right? Doesn't mean the people in your street. That term neighbor means your community that you find yourself in. It means your fellow citizens. It means the people that come across you in the pathway of life, the people that are within the ripple effects of your life. Love your neighbor. Now, I know because you guys, I mean, so many of you, you've been around for a long time, you've loved Jesus for a long time, you've walked a road with him. I know 
because you guys are smart. I know that you've heard this before. In fact, this is quoted so often and written so often and preached about so often that I think it even falls in the realm of a cliche. Love your neighbor. Okay, cool. I mean, I, yes, of course. I, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's like, yeah, we've heard this before. But I wonder, I wonder if this statement of Jesus is just like a cute little cliche statement or, or if we had to sit and examine it and look at how we actually living, could we say when we look at our lives that we're really living it out? Yes, it's easy to say and easy to quote, but is it truly something that's easy to live? Because Jesus says here, love your neighbor. Everyone say, love your neighbor. But I wonder if it's true that we really are loving our neighbor. In fact, I want to put those three words up on the screen. Love your neighbor. And I want to ask that, what if we took away that word love and left it blank? And then we had to look at how you are actually living. Like, what would you put in that blank? I mean, let's look at your literal neighbors the people that are in your street, the people that are in your community. Could you say, uh, yeah, I mean, if I had to look at how I'm treating them, I would say, I love them. Or would we put another word there? Like maybe complain about your neighbor. And I know some of you do, because I'm on some community WhatsApp groups with you guys. Can someone please tell the people who consistently walk in my garden bed that if the next time they walk over that flower bed, they'll be buried in it. Right? Well, what else could we put in that blank? If we had to really look at how we live, maybe we could say, judge your neighbor. Gossip about your neighbor. Hmm. And you know what? My neighbor, he came home totally drunk at three in the morning. I heard him shouting with his wife, this poor family. And then if we're Christians, we like, must pray for them. Right? How do we truly treat our neighbors? Ignore your neighbor maybe would fit in that blank. It's funny, these things come a lot more naturally than loving your neighbors. What about in your workplace? If you had to look at your workplace, would you put the word love there? Or what comes more naturally? How do you really treat those in your workplace? Maybe you would say compete with your neighbor or sabotage your neighbor, report your neighbor, profit off your neighbor. What word fits more properly in that blank? What about when you are in traffic? Does the word love fit? <laughs> I'm getting some no's. I'm preaching to some of you today. Maybe in traffic you would put, cut off my neighbor, yell at my neighbor, curse my neighbor, and wave at them, but don't use all my fingers. And what about when we look at the world? If we had to look at how the world treats its neighbors, I think we wouldn't put the word love there. We might say, forget your neighbor, neglect your neighbor, abuse your neighbor, exploit your neighbor. You know, all these things we see in the headlines every day. Hate your neighbor, 
Oppress your neighbor, kill your neighbor, blame your neighbor, yell at your neighbor, hit your neighbor, hurt your neighbor, rage against your neighbor, war against your neighbor. And the more we start to think about it, we realize the statement, love your neighbor, is not a cute cliche, but in fact, it's a revolutionary statement that is very hard to live out in our daily lives. The more we sit and think about loving our neighbors, the more we realize that this is a tough pill to swallow. But as I read that, and as I look at that, and as I look at the state of our world, I want to say I am desperate for a little bit more love your neighbor. I don't know about you. I'm getting more and more desperate for those three easy words to jump off the page of the Bible and jump into our streets and our cities and our families and our workplaces for us not to just know about it, but to actually live it out. Now, before I go on, I want to just put a disclaimer out there. I'm not preaching on this because I'm great at it. I'm not saying, hey, I've got this waxed in my life. No, I'll acknowledge that there is something in me that sometimes resists loving people. Like there's something in me that I often want to just ignore the needs or put myself first or it just seems so overwhelming or feel like I can't really even make a difference when it comes to that. There, there is something in me often when I see needs, when I see things in the world that makes me ignore those three words of loving your neighbor. So I'm no expert at this, but it's something that I certainly want to grow in. I hope it's something you want to grow in as we look to the one who is an expert and his name is Jesus Christ. And Jesus taught so clearly on what love looks like, what neighbor looks like. In fact, the people listening to this revolutionary statement of loving your neighbor, they asked Jesus for clarity and they said, Jesus, what's it mean? What's it mean to love my neighbor? You might be asking that same question today. And to answer that question, Jesus tells a beautiful story, one of the most famous parables in all of Scripture, the parable of the Good Samaritan. He talks about this Jewish guy who was walking down the street and he gets mugged. Some people think that maybe he was visiting South Africa. We don't know, right? <laughs> he gets mugged. It's, they tell us they strip him. They beat him up. They leave him half or dead in a pit. And then Jesus says, a priest comes along. Now, you can imagine the audience of the day listening to the story must have thought like, oh, thank goodness a priest is nearby. This guy's going to get some help. But Jesus says, no, no, no. The priest sees a need and ignores a need and walks on the other side of the road. Have, have you ever seen a need and then suddenly your eyebrows are really itchy? <laughs> this is a priest, right? Didn't see it, didn't see it, didn't see it. Then Jesus says, a Levite comes by. And the people listening must have thought, oh, well, thank goodness, there's a Levite coming. A Levite's like a church staff member. What does a Levite do? Gets the same itchy eyebrows, right? Doesn't see the knee, doesn't see it. He sees it, but ignores it. And then Jesus says, a despised Samaritan comes along. Now, we have to realize that the Jews and Samaritans are enemies. They are against each other. You have to picture this like a Russian man being beaten up and a Ukrainian man walking down the road. Enemies. The people listening to the story of Jesus, they must have thought, well, now he's done for. 
he was half dead, now he's going to be fully dead. If a Samaritan man's coming, this guy's gone. But instead, instead the story takes a surprising turn in Luke 10, 33. It says, then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he didn't ignore the need, no. He felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine. And he bandaged them. He put the man on his own donkey and he took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, take care of this man and if the bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. This despised Samaritan sees the need and responds to it, puts a man on his bantam bucky, takes him to the nearest holiday inn and leaves the inn with his credit card, right? So whatever the need is, I'm going to take care of it. I'm seeing the need and I am responding to the need. And church, this is mistakenly where we often have left the story, but the story was not actually done. Very often, this is where we stop telling the story in Sunday school, where we stop discussing it in our circle groups. But Jesus was not done with the story yet. In fact, he ends the story with four words, four important words in Luke 10, 37. He says, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. And by why don't you encourage someone with that truth? Look at them in the eye and say, go and do likewise. Jesus shows us that the most important thing we can do with our lives besides loving God is to love people. And then he goes into detail to show us what that kind of love looks like. And when we look at what it means to love our neighbor, we see, first of all, it means that we need to love anyone who comes across our path that's in need. That's point number one. We love anyone who comes across our path that's in need. Church, even people that you might be against, even people that may have harmed you, people that are your enemies, people that you have no responsibility for, people that you have no relationship with, people that are not in your tribe, people that you do not know, anyone who comes across your path that is in need, when I see the need, I respond to the need. When I see the need, I meet the need. That's what loving your neighbor is. Jesus shows us the second part of loving your neighbor is action, that love, real love is action. Everyone say, love is action. In other words, love is a doing word, not a feeling word. It's not something you feel, it's something you act out, it's something that you do. Love is a verb. It means I have to look at what is in my hand. What is in my resources? What is in my ability to meet this need? And then I act it out. I love this directness from the book of James chapter 2. <laughs> if we had to be honest, a lot of us can see ourselves in the book of James chapter 2. From verse 15 he says, Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing. And what do you say to them? You say, well, goodbye and have a good day and stay warm and eat well. Right? Like, that, isn't that the script a lot of us use? But he goes on to say, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? 
So you see, faith by itself is not enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Your faith is dead and useless unless it produces good deeds. Loving your neighbor means helping whoever's in my path in life. And it means action, actually doing something. And the third thing loving my neighbor means, according to Jesus' parable, it means it will cost you. Loving your neighbor will cost you. Look at someone and say, it's going to cost you. It always does. That's why so few few people do it. Because it costs you. It's going to cost you your personal time. It's going to cost you effort. The willingness to be interrupted. The willingness for your schedule to be disrupted. It's going to cost you some money sometimes and some of your resources sometimes. If you're going to love your neighbor, it will cost you something. For us to live out the most important thing we can do apart from loving Jesus. It means that we've got to help those people that are in our path. It means we've got to do something for them. Something real. Action out something. And it means that sometimes it's going to cost us. But I truly believe, church, that if we can do this as a church... That is when we will truly be the light in the darkness, the city on the hill that cannot be hidden. And it has been an a, a inward, almost conviction for us that as this church grows, and, and I love that this is a growing church. We've got to give, can we give God a hand? What he's doing in 2023. But you have to believe that the work that we do amongst those who are in need in our community has to grow along with that. And so for 2023, this is our vision. And it's simple. It's three words. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. We believe that this is what God is calling us to do. That apart from loving him, this is the most important thing we can do. And we're not quite doing it. We're not quite living it out well. We're not really helping those that are in our path. We're not really actioning out love, and we're not really always willing to use our time and our resources to meet the needs around us. But this is you. We want to start flexing that muscle of loving people well. And I have to believe that that's something that God's going to bless and honor. And I believe it's something that we can grow better at because I'll say that there's many times I act like the priest in the story and the Levite in that story of the Good Samaritan. There's many times I see a need, drive past someone whose car's broken down or flat tire and just like, ooh. See someone in the shops who's just clearly struggling with their groceries or to hold someone or maybe need a lift home and you're like, ooh. See someone at the robots who's maybe in need or homeless. Now, it's important to disclaim this because there's a lot of need in our country. We're not saying you should mindlessly just do anything that you feel you should do. No. Sometimes we know that supporting the wrong people at the wrong time can keep them there. And so what we need is the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. What we need is the willingness to when we see the need, we need to pray, God, will you help me? Right? Instead of looking away from the need, we need to say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? Because sometimes the answer is not money. Sometimes it's love or care 
or rehabilitation or an intervention. But the idea is we don't look away. We meet the need that's in front of us, that's in our path. And I know that often the reason we don't meet the needs is not because we're bad people. It's because we're busy people. We're too busy to be interrupted right now. You know, there was this experiment done at a Bible college, at a seminary. They had asked the kids in the uh, class to prepare a sermon on the Good Samaritan. And then at the end of the class, the lecturer said, guys, we actually want you to present the sermon right now. I'm, I'm giving you five minutes to get to the lecture hall. You only got five minutes to get there, and we're going to start hearing everyone's sermons. But what they had done on that pathway from the classroom to the lecture hall is they had planted a homeless man who was in deep need, struggling, kind of laying. They had made sure he was like lying on the path. So they literally... In order to go and preach the message on the Good Samaritan, these Bible students would have to step over him, right? <laughs> you want to know how many people stopped to help him? Less than 10% of the class stopped. While on their way to go and preach the message of the Good Samaritan, 90% of these people who loved God and had good intentions and knew the word jumped over the need. It's not like they didn't know. It's not like we don't know. And sometimes I realize I'm like those students, right? We know there's a need, but we kind of just jump over it. And I'm hoping that this can be the year where all of us can really challenge ourselves to take stock and say, God, what is in my hand? What is in my ability to try and meet the need that is in front of me? What can I do to actually love my neighbor? To do what Jesus did, to see the need and respond to it. Jesus seemed to always be willing to be interrupted. And he always seemed to be willing to just meet whatever need. Sometimes it was to open the eyes of the blind or to raise the dead, but it wasn't always supernatural healings. There was a time that Jesus arrived for dinner and there was no one around to wash the feet, which is very customary of those days. So what did Jesus do? He's like, cool, there's a need, I'll meet it. Gets down on his knee, gets a bucket of water and a cloth, and he starts washing the feet of the disciples. There's another time the fishermen were out, the disciples were out fishing. Jesus realized, hey, they're going to be hungry when they get back. What does he do? He makes a bride on the beach. Makes a, the Son of God gets down on the sand and makes a coal fire and cooks some fish to feed them. There's another time he was preaching and these little children who, who now Jesus was famous, they wanted to meet him and touch him. They were running up to Jesus and the disciples were like, don't bother, you know, don't bother the man of God. And Jesus was like, no, 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 let the children come to me. He, he was famous for seeing a need and being willing to meet it, to, to do what was ever within his power and ability. And he's asking us, church, to do the same. It is the most important thing you can do with your life outside of loving God. To love your neighbor, to really love them, not just care for them from a distance, but to love them. And when you do, there is a reward for us. When we do this, there is reward. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 10, 42. He says, if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. Do you see how simple it is? Sometimes it's just that little cup of cold water. 
It's not about going to try to build and buy a house for every person who doesn't have one. It's about saying, what is in my means? What little thing can I do to try help meet this need? Sometimes it just means giving a cup of cold water. And even if you do that, simply because I'm a disciple, I know this is not natural for you. We've seen what comes naturally to us. But we do this now because I'm a disciple of Jesus. What little thing can I do? What's within my resources? What, what little step can I, can I take? What, what, I might not solve your problem, but I can meet your immediate need. What can I do that's within my ability to do? If you and I can live like that, I truly believe people will start seeing Jesus Christ in us. And maybe you're listening and you're saying, Ryan, I just can't. I can't. This is overwhelming. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to do. I can't do this. Well, let me remind you that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Let me remind you that within you lives and dwells the spirit of the living God. And he empowers you. When he commands you, he empowers you to be able to live out whatever he's commanded you. That he's made us, church, more than conquerors. We are above. We're not beneath. We're the head. We're not the tail. He's given us victorious living, and he hasn't done that so that we can be victorious. He's done that so that we can help others become victorious as well. That is the purpose of your life. So in 2023, I want to ask you, will you love your neighbor? Will you see the need and meet the need just like Jesus did? You know, there's a story told of this missionary girl who was in a very, very poor part of the world. And she came across a man who's very similar to this, the story of the Good Samaritan. He had been beaten up. And it says that his wounds were very severe. She was just trying to dress his wounds and help him. It said that they were so infected that he was smelling. And that the smell that was coming from this man was nauseating. Apparently a billionaire, someone very wealthy, happened to be walking across the scene and he looked at her helping this man on the brink of death. And he said to her, I wouldn't do that for a million bucks. And she looked at him and said, I wouldn't do it for a million bucks either. But I would do this for Jesus. Right? In my mind, she stood up and she dropped the mic. Right? What's interesting is that some of us might actually do these things if we were employed to do it and we got a salary. For some of us, money is a better motivator than Jesus Christ. But I'm hoping that this year we can flip that on its head. And so, you know, the reason I will do this is not for personal gain. The reason I will do this is to please Jesus. He did it first for me. And so I will go and I will live like him. I will see the need and I will meet that need. And when you know who he is, and when you know who you are in him, you start to realize my life is not my own anyway. <laughs> Belongs to him. Everything I have, my time, my resources, my talents, my passion, my relationships, it was all given to him. So the idea is to say, Jesus, use my life. Use it for your benefit. Use it for your kingdom. I want to love my neighbors well. I want to really love them, which means I need to try to meet the needs that are in my path. I, I need to do it with some action. <laughs> and I need to realize it's going to cost me. It's not going to feel comfortable. It's going to be inconvenient. But I want to love my 
neighbor well. Church, that is a challenge for 2023. You might not be great at it today, but I'm really hoping when we do this internal check at the end of the year, we're going to say, I have grown in this. I have, I've learned how to love my neighbor well. I hope as we look back 12 months from now, that we're going to see a different city, an impacted city, people who have literally seen the love of God because of how we have loved. Now, as a church, we want to try to help you. And so there's some projects and things we're starting to try to help you love your neighbor. Now, I don't want you to, I want you to be able to move beyond what we're offering as a church for this to become a lifestyle. But hopefully these things can kind of get the ball rolling in your life, so to speak. So here's a few things we're doing. During the course of this year, once a month, we're going to do a Inspire Foyer project where you don't have to give anything or donate anything. All you have to do is straight off to church, you're here anyway, is spend a little bit of time in the foyer on a project for Inspire. Now, we, were, we would have bought all the resources and uh, we would have done all the work. All we need sometimes is to help put things together. For example, for the prison outreach this coming Saturday, we've bought a whole lot of biscuits for the prisoners and we have a project foyer, uh, a foyer project for you today where you can go into the foyer and you can pack a little bit of bag of biscuits and write a note of encouragement or pray for the prisoners that we're visiting this weekend. So it's going to cost you anything besides a little bit of time and you're here anyway. So we say, hey, would you make yourself available? Once a month, we're going to do a project in the foyer starting today. You can already go be part of that. Second thing we're going to do, we're starting two new ministries. The first ministry we're starting today is a frozen food ministry. And if you want to be part of this, well, you'll be able to grab a container similar to this at the information desk from next weekend. There's someone displayed today, but we're only giving them away from next weekend. And all you do is when you cook supper, we're asking you to cook a little bit extra for just one or two more people and put it in this container and then bring it back to the church. And we're going to freeze it in our freezers. We've got lots of freezers here. And we're going to use this to feed people who are in need to feed families that are in crisis, to feed people who come to us. And again, it's something that it, it's easy enough for us to do. Church, I really believe we can do this. We could just cook a little bit extra every now and again when we're making food and we can be part of the frozen food ministry. The second new ministry we're starting today is our Lyft Club. Some of you, as you drive to church, have empty seats in your car. And we're just asking if you'll love your neighbor and literally be willing to donate those seats to someone in your community, in your area, who might need a lift to church. There are many people who can't come to church regularly because of the transport of cost, of the cost of transport and because it's sometimes it's so far away. And so what we're saying is, hey, if you have some empty seats in your car, will you let us know? Sign up for the lift club. Let us know how many empty chairs you have. And if anyone that's in your area asks for a lift, then we'll match the two of you up and you can help get them to church every weekend. You're coming anyway and you're coming from that area anyway. This is just a really practical way to literally love your neighbors that are in your community. Amen? We're also going to be running several community day missions in our local community where we're going to be visiting people, ministering to people on the street, going to different organizations, a whole lot of organizations, uh, starting this coming Saturday to the prison. And so listen out in the notices during the year. We have a whole lot planned. 
And often this costs you nothing besides your time. And so I want to encourage you to do a few community day missions with us. Stretch that muscle. Come, let's go do some outreaches. Let's go tell people about the love of Jesus Christ. And including in that, we're going to do two mission trips to Iswatini, Swaziland this year. And I just want to say, if you've never been on missions, perhaps this is the year, the year where we love our neighbor. You've got to experience it. God does incredible things in our lives when we're on missions. Now, one of the things we're going to be doing is we've realized as a church, we can't do it all. So we're going to partner with organizations that are doing things that we can't uh, do within our resources. And so this year, we are partnering with 15 local NPOs and organizations doing good work in our city. In fact, all of them are on display today. They, we've, we've invited them here and they've come. And so they have displays today in our foyer. And so we want to encourage you to go afterwards and go and look at the NPOs we're supporting. These are people we will either be supporting financially or supporting through uh, gifts or don donations or through missions projects, or we might be visiting them. But go and have a look at the organizations that we're going to be partnering with. Three of those organizations are our own, starting with the New Life Children's Home. God has done so much. It's just been incredible. I often still look at that and think, God, how did you do that? It's amazing, right? The New Life Children's Home, for those of you who are new, are those colorful buildings in the corner of our property where we house children who have lost their families uh, through death or maybe they've been removed. And so that is our children's home. We have three homes open at the moment, three families that are living at the moment in those homes. But I do want to remind you, we have our blue home, which is fully completed and uh, it's ready to receive children. All we're waiting for now is funding. And so this is the year I've got to believe that we're going to get the funding to run that home. And I want to challenge all of you, any of you involved in business or corporate, or if you have any connections, we really have to get this blue home open this year. It costs about 26,000 rand a month to run that home. So if you know uh, companies that need to do some community development, encourage them. It's a tax write-off. Rather give it to the children's home than give it to the tax man. Amen. And so if you know companies that are involved, even if, even if companies need to work together or two or three companies to fit that bill, please, we are asking companies to come on as corporate sponsors. We want to open that blue home. There's literally beds there and we keep on getting requests from social services to place children. We just can't do it because we don't have the funding to open that home. So the children's home is something we are very committed to. We're also going to continue with our dignity store. And this is where we invite people to come and donate pre-loved clothing, your used clothing. Now, the word love is important. We don't want your pre-hated clothing, right? The stuff that looks terrible and painted and greasy. And uh, we, we don't want that. We want your pre-loved clothing. If you have pre-loved clothing, please drop it off at the church. We sell it during the week at our Dignity store. And you can also come and shop. Please come shop at our Dignity store. You can get like a whole new wardrobe for like a hundred bucks, right? Just like, so... And why we want people to shop at our Dignity Store is because that funds what we give to the homeless every Tuesday morning. We invite the homeless here, they get a meal in the morning, then they get food vouchers for the week. And we, we fund that through our Dignity Store that sells the second-hand clothing. So we're going to continue with that. And the third New Life ministry we're going to continue with is our Sponsor a Child program. This is our oldest running Inspire project. We have over 50 kids in the Clarinet area who are growing up in extreme poverty, and we have people in our church sponsoring them on a monthly basis with 500 rand. We take that money, we buy fresh 
fruit and vegetables and clothing. And once a month, we go and distribute it to those children and share the love of Jesus with them. If you want to know the kids we're currently sponsoring, on that ramp by the bathroom, you can see all the photos of the children we're currently sponsoring for Sponsor Child. And maybe you want to get involved in that this year. Maybe that's one way you can love your neighbor. But outside of our three organizations, we're going to be partnering with a whole lot of organizations in our city, namely the CMAD, Highfield House, the Department of Social Services, the Mtenkulu and Imakhrun Retirement Homes, Hates Betty Lowe, uh, Betty Mendana, the Blood Bank. In fact, today you can even donate blood out, just outside our foyer. Uh, the House for the Abused, the Jebez House for the Homeless, Sanka, and the Prostitute HIV Clinic are all organizations we will be involved in this year for 2023. Another thing we're doing in our city to love our neighbors is we have distributed prayer boxes all over our city. We put them in some schools, some uh, shops, there's some in the mall. And so these are boxes where it just says in there, do you need prayer? And on the side, there's uh, some forms you can fill in to submit a prayer request and put it in the box. And we are committed to praying for people and contacting them when we hear of those needs. Now those prayer boxes are not marked with New Life Church. So anyone can feel the need or can feel the liberty to put down a prayer request. And so if you see any of those prayer boxes out in the city, now you know where they're from, and we're going to continue to do that, hopefully get a whole lot more boxes out this year. Now, one of the cool things is that over and above your giving to this church, a great way that you can help fund a lot of these projects is now with Life Cafe. Isn't it cool? Life Cafe opens today, officially. It is a church-owned coffee shop. And so I want you to know, every time you buy a cup of coffee or get a slice of cake or a little burger for lunch, you're supporting the ministry financially. You're supporting these initiatives. So it's a great way. It's open as a running coffee shop during the week. So it's open from Tuesday to Sunday from 8 in the morning to three in the afternoon. We have free Wi-Fi. There's a kiddies play area. We even have printing facilities if you need it. So please come and join Life Cafe during the week. Come do coffee. If you need a nice place to go to on a Saturday, come join us on Saturday. We even open on Saturdays. We're also gonna continue with our Paint the City Blue campaign, which we've been running for the last few years. And we're doing this because we really feel one of the most loving things we can do for people is to tell them that they're loved. You know, people don't expect to be loved by Jesus. They expect to be judged by him. They certainly don't expect to be loved when they come into a church. Then they really expect to be judged, right? We want to correct that and tell people they're loved. And so we're giving away free contravision stickers for the back of your vehicle, your car. And we're giving away house signs. They haven't arrived yet. We don't have them yet, but we do have today available these car stickers. And uh, this year, we're not giving them to people um, in their hands because we realize people really struggle to install them. So from this year, we're, we're installing them for you. And so if you would like a sticker on your vehicle today, you can go to the field in front of the children's home. And there's a team waiting actually for you after the service to install a sticker on your car. Then, as a church, we were really challenged by this very same vision for the year of loving your neighbor. And we had to think of like, how can we up our game? Like, how can we love you better? Because we believe as church staff, as pastors, if we can love you in, in better ways, then hopefully it will inspire you 
to love other people better. And so we looked at what's in our hand and who's across our path and what ways can we show love. So we're going to up some of our ministries, starting with Wednesday night, where I'm going to be sitting every Wednesday night doing discipleship classes uh, with whoever comes in the minor hall. And this is a chance for us. We're just going to sit in the Word of God. We're going to study Scripture together. We're going to tackle hard topics together. You're going to ask any questions that you want to, and hopefully I can answer. And if I can't, I'll get back to you. But the idea is we're going to just sit in the Word. I th- I, we felt like some of you have been hungry for discipleship. And so we're going to love our neighbors. And as church staff, we're going to sit with you in God's Word and disciple you starting this Wednesday for whoever wants to come. Plus, there's online options now. So if you want to attend that online, you can do it. Just book a ticket on the website and get the online ticket to be part of the Wednesday Night Discipleship. And going forward for the rest of the year, all our courses will have an online option. So you'll be able to, if you can't come out that night, you can attend via Zoom. Now, another thing we're going to be doing is upping the amount of times we get together and worship God at Encounter. This year, we're going to be doing Encounter every single second month. How cool is that? So it's a lot more often. We're going to do it on a Sunday night. And our first Encounter, in fact, is already going to be happening in February. Listen out for the notices. And finally, as a church team, uh, there's a whole lot, all, all the pastors, we've come together and we want to see how can we continue again to love you. And so what we're doing is, We're currently filming a whole set of online courses. And this gives you the freedom to do these courses at home. They're going to be self-paced courses. You can do them in the comfort of your home at your own time. And we have a whole list of courses we're busy filming at the moment. Here are some of them. We're going to do a course on single parenting, on grief, on pornography, on dating, on serving, on prayer and listening, on same-sex attraction, on money issues, on restoring the soul, on raising successful parents, and on minor prophets. And this is just a way for us to love you the best way we can and to resource you for those of you who want to grow. This is year we want to love our neighbor. And we have to realize that next to loving God, this is the most important thing we can do as Christians. And that means... Paying attention when I see the need, I meet it. Whoever comes across my path, it means it's going to take some action. And yes, it means it's going to cost you. But I have to believe that as we are obedient to Scripture, as we do what God has asked us to do, we truly, guys, we truly will impact our communities. And people will really see the love of Jesus inside of us. That's my heart's desire. I hope it's your heart's desire. Let's love our neighbors in 2023. Amen. Let me pray for you. God, I want to thank you for your church. I know you love them so much, Lord. And so God, as we come to you with this vision, I first of all thank you that you loved us first. And that we can only love because you loved us. So God, I want to pray for strength. Would you empower us? Would you anoint us? Would you equip us, Lord God, for this vision for the year? Father, I know for so many, we're so used to walking past those needs. We're so used to ignoring them. We're so used to treating our neighbors badly and the people we work with and the people in traffic and the people in this world. We're we're so used to being quick to complain and criticize and judge and cut off. But God, today we want to make a U-turn. 
We want to come back to loving. We want to take steps back towards living like you live, Jesus Christ. And so I pray for strength. I pray for wisdom in this. I come against any fear in Jesus' name, any sense of insecurity, God, where the devil has told us that we are not enough, we don't have enough, we can't do enough. We silence that voice in Jesus' name. We pray, Father, that you would show us exactly what you have made us, that we would daily realize this life is not our own, and that we would be willing to use our life to serve this world, that we would love our neighbor this year, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.